Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. To set this up, you find us um, in the middle of a series. Um, basically, we've been working our way through the first part of Isaiah 54. This is an outworking of our Vision Sunday. We, on Vision Sunday, we talk about our vision as a house. And also we set up uh, kind of an emphasis for the year. And that's what I've been speaking into over the last weeks. And um, just a couple of weeks ago, because of course uh, last week was Mother's Day, but a couple of weeks ago, I talked about making room for your growing family. Um, and, uh, and we are, this is kind of the second half of that message, although I'll explain. So just to familiarise you again with the, the Scripture, Isaiah 54. I'm reading from a modern translation of the Bible called The Message, and this is what the Bible says. Sing, barren woman, who has never had a baby. This is the, the bit that Lawrence preached on last week. He did amazingly well. Fill the air with song. You have never experienced childbirth. You're ending up with far more children than all those childbearing women. God says so. Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. Amen. We'll leave it there. So that's the scripture that we've been working to. And, and last time, as I said, we were talking about believing to grow numerically because God, God wants us to be, to be fruitful. There's an expectation that when God is involved, there is fruit, there is growth. And um, uh, it's to, we were basically talking about the fact that we wanted to come with faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we wanted to make room. And, and, and it was, in, in essence, why we found ourselves at KMC in the first place, Kings Meadow Campus, because we were believing God to do something uh, in lots of individuals' lives, seeing people far from God, finding, finding God. Um, and so today I've called Grow to Grow because um, I believe that, what I'm about to share is very, very much linked to what I was sharing um, because it's not about gathering a crowd. It's about us growing as individuals. And I believe the more we grow spiritually, the more likely we are to grow as a community. Uh, and so that's what I want to talk. It's about, it's about discipleship. It's about, uh, but uh, don't, don't now... Make up your mind how the, which way this is going to go because I think you might be a bit surprised. So I'm going to introduce you to another, another scripture which will kind of set up this concept. Uh, Matthew 5 verse 8 uh, says this. It says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. And you know, that's, that's, that's a great story. A great scripture. I mean, what's, what's great about it is the first, it says you're blessed. I mean, who doesn't want to be blessed? I love that. I love that. I want to be blessed. I believe in a God who blesses. I believe in a God that wants to bless me. I believe in a God that wants to bless you. We definitely want to be blessed. And then, of course, 
uh, towards the end, it says, then you can see God in the outside world. And that's awesome. Who doesn't want to see God? Who doesn't want to see God move in their lives? We believe in God. We want to we see Him move. And, and, and that, again, is, is awesome. I wonder. And it can be very easy in reading a scripture like that just to read the beginning and read the end. But there's a little bit in the middle. Because in order to be blessed and in order to see God in your outside world, all, all you have to do is get your inside world put right. Your heart and your mind. And that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, we want to be blessed and we want to see God, but this bit, yo, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I know, I know we know how to, we're really good at hiding our problems behind a church smile, but, but the truth is this, this is a thing. Getting my inside world, my mind and my heart put right. It's, I don't know, it's like for me, it's like, you know, those movies where someone's been shot and they're saying, you know, oh, it's all right. Go on without me. I'm not going to make it. I said, no, we can't leave you. You must. You must go on without me. And it's like, okay then. Oh. I didn't know you were going to take me seriously. Um, but it's like that, you know, it's like, oh, if I've got to do, if I've got to do all that, get my inside world, all my art, my mind put right, like, oh my God, it's too much. It's too much. It's like, there's a lot, there's a lot to do. Um, but I want us to, of course, these were the, these were the words of Jesus. And I want to, I want to point out to us that, that Jesus didn't, you know, get up one morning and say, good morning, Father. Good morning, son. Um. Let's do something that's going to make it really difficult for people. Let's make their lives miserable. Yeah, I don't, that, that was, I know sometimes it might feel like that, but that is not the way. That is not the way. Jesus was thinking when he was saying this, what he was actually saying was in this statement, I'm offering you hope. I'm offering you possibility. And you, you've got to also understand that Jesus would never offer you anything that he's not able to deliver. When he promises something, he absolutely can deliver on what he has promised. But, but sometimes when it feels like the goal is so unreachable, we can, we can disqualify ourselves from the prize. Because we, we say well, that's okay for other people. And sometimes, you know, I, like for me, for me, you know, this is, it's not like there's no click of the fingers and it's all sorted. There's no quick prayer. You know, go, you know, go and see, um, you know, one of the service pastors after the services and all your problems are going to be solved in an instant. I mean, they're awesome. But I don't know. It's not my experience, you know. Because when I've got one situation solved, there seems to be another one that, that, that pops up. But that's because that's the nature of man. That's the nature of the people that we are. But... I want us, you know, I want us to understand that some, well, let's say so, sometimes it can feel, my walk with God, my outworking of my faith can feel a little bit like this. Can we have that photo, please? The picture up of the, yeah. Just leave it there for a minute because it can feel a little bit, it can feel a little bit like this, can't it? It's like I'm, I'm reaching for something. I'm straining for something. I'm doing everything I can to reach. And I, 
I just can't, I just can't reach it. And it's so easy as we walk with God that as, and, and as we, as we you know, see this visual representation, it can say, I, I'm, is it always going to be like this? Am I always going to struggle like this? Am I always going to find this kind of challenge? And we can fall into the trap of giving up because we think, I can't make it. I can't do it. It's just beyond me. But I want to I point something out to us that if we were able to visit this scenario five years later, something would have changed. The door wouldn't have shrunk. The doorbell wouldn't have been lowered. But she'd have grown. She'd have grown. And because she's grown, everything's different. She's not grown because she's trying to grow really, really hard. Because if trying to grow really, really hard worked, I would have got that five pound from my grandfather. He promised me five pound if I got to six foot. I didn't make it. I, it's a pity he's not alive because I produced, I produced boys that did. And I think that I, I always, there is a six foot man inside of me because I've got feet that's for someone six foot six. But I've not, I'm on, a, I'm on a firm foundation, trust me. So, but trying to grow is not going to make you grow. But don't worry because she's wired to grow. She's wired to grow as long as she's, what, exposed to a healthy environment, she is going to grow. And even though nothing has changed about that scenario, she will now be able to reach what was previously unreachable. And I want to try to draw that correlation between the physical and the spiritual because it's just as, just as true spiritually as it is physically that my, my efforts won't make me a better person. And it's not the way this thing has been set up. Following Jesus is not just about operating with a to-do list. That, okay, what makes a good Christian? Okay, go to church. Okay, I'll go to church. You know, pray. Okay, I'll pray. Okay, uh, read your Bible. Okay, yeah, I'll read my Bible. You know, stop this. Don't go there. Stop that. And, it, and it's like, oh, and maybe if I get all those boxes ticked, then I'll be a good Christian. But I, I want us to understand today or remind us that, that being a follower of Jesus is not a to-do to list. In fact, it's more, it's more a it's done list. It's done because Jesus has done it. And, and yes, I, I may have some things to do based on the fact that some things are done. Because God has done it. God has already sorted it. I, don't to do, I haven't got things to do because I'm trying to win God's favour. I'm trying to earn His love by, by being a good boy and I'm, I'm putting these things in place. That, God loves me. God loves me and God loves you. God loves you right now. In fact, God does not love you. God does not love you anymore 
now than he did when you were out there sinning, doing whatever you wanted to do. God doesn't, God doesn't love you anymore because he loved you then. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's, so the, the, reason, the reason that God, God wants us to understand is that we're loved is that, that I'm not sorting that stuff out to earn his love. He loves me, but sorting that stuff out is on the basis that, 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 that God's love compels me to change. He loves me as I am, but he loves me too much to leave me that way. And so he wants to help me change because there's some stuff that needs to change because it's not helping me be the best person I can be. It's not helping me become the person that he knows I can be and the, and the person I want to be. So God, God sends, God sends a helper. He doesn't, we, 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 we've sung about it. Jesus died on a cross. Not just to become some religious martyr. He died on the cross because he, he wanted to die for our sins and he wanted to set us free. And this is essential to understand because we serve a God who wants to also give us, bring us freedom to live free, to live joy-filled lives. To feel, to feel, uh, to live, to live a, a life where we're we're not just pretending things are dealt with, but are not covering things over, but actually living from a genuine place of joy and freedom. I'm singing from a place that that God God has set God has set me free. The Bible says, and if you if you look at it, that when 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 Jesus gave up His Spirit on that cross, the temple curtain was ripped in two. It's a massive, uh, you know, maybe we'll get to it over Easter, but the, 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 it was a curtain, the thickness of a, man's, of a man's hand, and it was ripped from top to bottom. And that curtain was there guarding the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies in the temple was the, the place where the presence of God was. And, and, and when that curtain was ripped in, in two, when Jesus died on the cross, at that point, God, God was making this statement to the world, you're not going to find my presence there anymore. My presence is not being found in a temple built by the hands of men. My pres- my, I, that, 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 that curtain being split from top to bottom was the indication that that was the end of an era, that God was doing something new. And in John 16, he says this, and I want us to just get our head around this now. This is, at this point, Jesus is alive, but he's telling his disciples that he's going to die on a cross. And, and he says, but now I am going to him who sent me. This is Jesus speaking. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. They're sad. Of course they're sad because it would have been amazing to be in the physical presence of Jesus. And they couldn't get their head around the fact that they weren't gonna have the physical presence of Jesus but in verse 7, he says, but very truly, I tell you, it's for your good. It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, 
will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And that was that moment when that curtain split in two, that was God saying, yep, that's not where you're going to find my spirit anymore. I am unleashing that spirit. An advocate, by the way, is a champion, an upholder, a supporter, a backer, someone who runs alongside. So God, God has sent His Holy Spirit to jog alongside us, if you can cope with the picture language, because He knows that without Him, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it on our own. And Jesus, He's saying, as good as this is, as good as my physical presence is with you, and I'm sure most of us would say, wow, if, if Jesus physically turned up in the flesh, it would be absolutely amazing. But Jesus himself was saying, it is better. It is to your benefit that I go. The presence of the Holy Spirit is actually better for you than my physical presence right now. Why? Why? Because at that time, when, when the Spirit of God was in that temple, one man once a year could go into that presence. But now, because of the, because of the, the cross of Calvary, that, that Spirit is available to all of us. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Don't you realise that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and that the Spirit of God makes His permanent home in you? God sets a residence inside me, inside you. Isn't that incredible? We become the living stones of a new temple. At one time, he was in the stone, he was in a building where the, the stones had been cut and they were laid by man, but now we are the living stones. The Spirit of God has come to dwell in each, inside of each of us. That is, that is amazing and it's essential that we get that because no longer, no longer am I living to an external set of rules. That's what makes what we believe different because God comes into my heart and into my life and into your heart and into your life to help you and I work out this life that He's calling us to. Because he knows from the outset. And let's be honest. Even when we try and keep the rules, we can't. We try, but we can't. We fail. <laughs> That's why we rejoice and sing when we sing it tonight about 100 billion failures disappear. My God. Is anyone glad about that? I'm so glad. I think I've got about 10 billion of them myself. That's why God sent His Spirit. John 14 says this. He says, all this I have spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the champion, upholder, supporter, backer, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now let me just press pause and take a little... Uh, uh, thing aside here because what's interesting about this scripture I've just read to you is 
it makes reference to what we call the Trinity. Don't worry about that. But I want us to understand something. That when we're talking about the Holy Spirit and when we're talking about God the Father and when we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the same entity, the same being. Jesus said this, all this I have spoken. This is Jesus speaking. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, whom the Father. So there we have Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the Father. You said that will send in my name. So Father, Son and Holy Spirit, they are God. And I know it's a difficult concept to grasp, but maybe just helps you a little bit, just a little bit to understand that, that steam, ice and water are all forms of the same entity, H2O. They are different forms, but they are the same. You understand? So it's just to, uh, to help you understand and so it's because otherwise it can get complicated. But Jesus promises, he says, whom the Father will send in my name, will t- the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit is a teacher. Jesus has set us up with a teacher to help us outwork this life. And he also tells us that the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's why it's important to get the Word of God into you. Because you can only be reminded of something if you know it. So that's why we need to engage with the Scriptures because that is a way that God is going to speak to us and we're going to engage with the words of Jesus and then the Holy Spirit can remind us of those, of those words. See, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, follow me. He said, follow me. And, and you know, they had some big decisions to make in, in that regard, but they made a decision to follow. I want us to just think about that for a moment. Mike, could you just help me for a second, please? Um, this is Michael Mpofu. It's a better round of applause than you got this morning. So it was a bit of a golf clap this morning, if that, to be fair. Um, but this is, this is uh, Michael Mpofu, but right now he's, he's Jesus. I hope you're not too disappointed. Um, so what I want us to understand, when Jesus said, follow me, There's a lot of people who say, I follow Jesus. Some people follow Jesus like this. They say, I'm following Jesus, but their position is here. And they seek to lead Jesus with their prayers. They they use prayer to tell Jesus what they want to happen. Now, Understand me, is it okay to have preferences, desires, to pray about? 100%, of course it is. You can ask God for anything in the name of Jesus. That's what the Bible says. But my heart must always say, not my will, but your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. So you can ask for anything as long as the posture of your heart is saying, God, but not my will. 
You know, let, if, if possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. So it's okay to pray and even be, you know, directive in your prayers. But if my heart is up front and saying, well, God's there just, just to do what I want, because I, I, I think I know what's best for this situation, Mm-mm, you're going to set yourself up for a whole heap, heap of trouble. Some people say they follow Jesus and they eat. Me and Big J, my bro. I have a relationship with Jesus, but it's not like that. We, I'm not the same as Jesus. I'm not. And, and so when, I, when I, I, I position myself here, because then I can negotiate. Hey, you know that road that, you know, that road, there's a better road, Jesus. No, no, seriously, that road there, I love that. You see that road, it's got rocks and it's difficult. And that, that's a, that, see that, it's got green trees. It looks amazing. Look, that. Oh, I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> well, some of us start rebuking the devil when we're not hearing what we want to hear when we're not getting what we want to get. Who's stronger? My God is stronger. So I'm not following if I follow from here and I'm not following if I follow from here. If I say I'm following Jesus, it says something about my position. It says, it says that, that He's up front. Why? Because He's the way maker. He is the one who goes ahead. He's the one who opens the doors. He is the one who divides the waters. He is the one who moves the mountains out of the way. He is the one who makes a path in the desert. He is the one who, who is ahead. But I have to position myself. Now let me, let me say, let me say this. My wife and I have two completely different walking paces. Two completely, like, you know, I love her very much, but sometimes she walks slow. You know, so it's okay. I tried this this morning. I'm alive to tell the tale, so you don't have to worry. So sometimes she walks slow. And I can tell you, especially when the kids were little or, you know, when, when we've been out shopping, which is not quite so much these days, I'll say it before she does. But so I'm like, the way I cope with it is I walk ahead and I wait. And I walk ahead and I wait because it's easier for me because at least I'm, I've got, I'm walking. Right. But we recently had our anniversary. We went for, yes, come on somebody. And still got it. And um, we, we went for a romantic walk. It would have been completely inappropriate for me to walk in ahead and wait, walk in ahead and wait. I, because I had to adjust my pace to her pace. Love demanded it. And to be fair, wisdom. But anyway, love, well, it, wisdom doesn't fit in the sermon, but love, but love does. So love, love, love demanded it. So when I, when I follow Jesus, he sets the pace. I have to walk at his pace. Otherwise, I'm going to end up positionally wrong. Never mind my wife. How many of you know that sometimes Jesus doesn't walk quick enough for me? 
Sometimes things are long. They don't, then it's not happening as quick as I want it to happen. And, and you know, there's that, that in me that's saying, come on, Jesus, keep up. Keep up. We're on with this, man. We're on with this thing, man. Come on. Keep up. How many of you know that's not going to end well? So in other words, if I am following Jesus, I've got to be behind him and I have to walk at his pace. And I have to set my pace to his pace because he's not trying to frustrate me. He's not trying to make my life difficult. He is trying to help me win. And when I walk at his pace, I will always win. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. So following Jesus indicates journey and process. Because I always want to get to there. I'm always wanting to get to a point ahead, which is not unreasonable for a leader, but it's not just that I get there, but how I get there. Because God is building something into me in the journey. He's building something into me along the way because, because there is a growth process, a discipleship process that is available to every single one of us. Here at our church, we want people to grow. We're not just gathering a crowd. We're not just building a church filled with church goers. We, we, we want people to grow because we understand that our faith is as important on a Monday afternoon and a, and a Thursday, Thursday morning as it is on a Sunday. That, we, we need our faith to work. We need what we believe to work when we're walking with our family, when we're walking through our difficulties and our trials and our challenges. We need a faith that works. That's why, that's why we've got programs. We've got Alpha. We've got Freedom in Christ. You've heard that we've had baptism, teaching. We've, we've got Adventure Kids. We have worship. We have the Word because we want to help you. You win. We want to help you get to the place that your heart wants to get to. So it's not about getting frustrated. Sometimes, sometimes some people, you know, sometimes people can surge ahead, you know. I, I don't know whether you've ever seen this, but when sometimes when people find the Lord uh, and it just seems like everything in their life is rosy, you know. They first find the Lord and everything, just, they, they, they just pray a prayer and it gets answered. You know, it's like everything just happens and it's like, Lord, come on, man, help me out, man. I've been, I've been on this road a long time. And, but, you know, it's like, if you, if you think of it, you, you, don't, you don't treat a child and an adult the same. When someone's young, you treat them differently. You know, when my grandson comes to me with like... And it looks like a disaster, you know? But I don't say, what's that? And then he says, I don't know, it's a tree, it's, it's a picture of mom, mom, or whatever. And, and I say, well, it looks nothing like her. I mean, what kind of heartless human being would I be if I, if I said that? No, I say, oh my gosh, that is awesome. That is amazing. You put it on the fridge. And, 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 and you, you, because, why? Because I'm not, now if Joseph, 
if Joseph brought that to me, I might have a slightly different reaction. Joseph's my son. But he, he, I might have a different reaction, but you understand. We do, so we understand that, that, that we, get tre- we, we get treated a little different. Maturity demands a little bit of different treatment. So we've got we've to understand that every single one of us in this room are on a path of growth, a trajectory of growth. And that helps us understand if you can just ping up that picture for me again one more time. That, that you see, she can stretch and she can strain as much as she wants to, but she isn't going to grow sufficiently overnight. But over a few nights, over a few nights, she will. And in time, she'll be able to reach the point that she wasn't able to reach right there. In time, if you keep going, if you keep trusting the Lord, if you keep doing what He's told you to do, you too will grow and you too will be able to reach the the thing that you're straining to reach right now. And then there'll be another challenge. There'll be another goal. The Holy Spirit is here to help us reach those goals. You see, Jesus says to us in in John 14, He said, if you love me, keep my commands. It's like, I mean, that's pretty straight. It's like, if you love me, keep my commands. In fact, do what I say. Do what I've said, do what I say. You prove your love to me through that. He then goes on to say, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit, if I can use this language just to try and and communicate a truth. The Holy Spirit is the superpower that helps you live out your best life now. He helps you live according to what Jesus is asking us to live. He empowers us to live God's way so that the areas that I struggle with, I can... How many of you know, it's, it's really, there's really no point in pretending that you don't have issues with God, because He knows. We might be able to kid each other, but we can't kid God. And He knows. But rather than hiding it, we we bring it to Him and we say, God, God, help me. Help me. And He will. And sometimes He'll help you in an instant, and sometimes He'll give you a strategy. But He will help you. It's a bit like, I'm old enough. I'm old enough to, to know what it is to drive a car without power assisted steering is there anybody else in the room who remembers about three of you that's awesome I like this morning's crowd better there was a lot more people like me you know wait those days when you're driving a car without power assisted steering I I used to love driving in the snow because on the ice it felt like you got power assisted steering but but now Thank God I've got a car with power assisted steering. It's exactly the same thing. I'm still steering, but it's so much easier. 
That's, like, that's what the Holy Spirit does for you. It's like what was really difficult and really hard now through him becomes so much easier. That's what, in Acts 180 it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So it's important to understand that when I come to Jesus, it's not like, you know, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my everything. And, and Jesus is like, that's awesome, bro. See you in heaven. Hopefully. No, it, it's, it's not like that. He gives you, he gives you the power. He gives you the power to outwork the thing that he's asking you to do. I love this, Psalm 46, verse 10. It says this, cease striving and know that I am God. It's, and, and, and in fact, containing that, it, it basically means to slacken, to let go, relax, cease from your own efforts. That's what it's saying when he says cease striving, let go, relax, cease from your own efforts and know that I am God. Psalm 46 verse 10 says it a different way. Same scripture, but in just a different version. Just captured my imagination. It says this, surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I that I am God. That word surrender, surrender your anxiety got to me. Surrender, 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 surrender. It made me think about the act of surrender. Some of you will have known that there's, there's the white flag. When people want to indicate, when people want to indicate surrender, they, they show the white flag. They're saying, we give up, we give in. We place ourselves under your power. We lay down our rights. We declare you our Lord. So for some of us, the whole concept of surrender might seem, seem like weakness. But when it comes to God, it's not a sign of weakness. I mean, maybe I could say it another way, you know, it's not weakness to surrender to the surgeon's knife to get life-saving surgery. It's not weakness to, to surrender to the red light and stop to avoid an accident. That's, that kind of surrender is life-saving. Surrender says, I want to live. Surrender says, I'm not fighting anymore. Surrender says, I'm not resisting. I let go and I let God. I let go and I let God. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.